The cat and the fiddle. Yiddle, yiddle, yiddle. We're moving in. I don't even know. What is this shit now? Week 10? I mean, the, it's sad in a way because the league, like, we're 10 weeks into the season already. Like, that kind of only means, like, there's, what, four weeks left of the fantasy regular season? Maybe five, four, I think. Like, we're almost at the fucking end of the regular season fantasy. That's brutal. Like, a month away. Right? No? Well, fantasy regular season, at least. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's getting to the, like, stretch almost. And the league is still so, like, tight, brother. It's tight. And... We don't really know exactly who's going to pull away with, with anything yet. Um, second, a team actually starts to look like they're, they're gaining momentum. Something just seems to happen and drag them down. I mean, like, it seemed like Moosest was gaining a lot of momentum two to three weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, just things started happening to him. He went from having, like, you know, obviously he couldn't escape the gods forever. He had a pretty good string of luck going for him in the start of the year, and the gods kind of caught up to him. Um, but I think overall, it's things like that. Knack also had a huge week last week, and then all of the sudden, like, like how he might end up with no running backs on Sunday, right? So it's just things like that just, just happen. And in a, in a league with how close it is, man, it's cliche as heck, but... Every win is monumental. Every win is so big. Like, if you win, it's like a huge sigh of relief for, for like, fucking half an hour. Like, oh, I needed that. Like, that was huge. And then you focus on next week. It ain't like football where, you know, you take the day or the night off and you celebrate. Like, no, like, we take about 30 minutes here in Albany to celebrate. And then we start looking in the next week. But, uh, yeah, let's get right into the fucking shit. Predictions last week. Three and three. I'm splitting. That's two weeks in a row I split even. Uh, I don't got much to say. I guess I kind of shit the better in a couple. But it should be noted that there were two games last week that came down to the absolute wire. Uh, two games that were decided by less than two and a half points. Ben beat Truns by one point. Sandy beat Brody by two points, or it was two and a half, or two, or something. But it was two extremely close games where, honestly, I thought that the team that lost probably was going to win. Um, there were things that kind of, you know, were out of the blue. Like, obviously, Jonathan Taylor is a beast winning Trun's waiver wire, but um, to see James Conner almost match that was probably the turning point of that game, and Maybe turning point for Ben's season going forward. So, anyway, we're going to move into my predictions here. Me versus Rich. You know the drill. You play Albany, you're getting the prediction. I don't care. This whole I will go this entire fucking year doing it because I know I just don't trust my team on any given Sunday. It's bad because we pretty much have our full lineup out there except for Saquon. Uh, Rich, obviously... Hurting to an extent. But, you know, prediction-wise, it's actually not even that fucking far off. Anything can happen. And, I mean, he has fucking ballers, man. Like, Elijah Mitchell's actually good. 
Kyler, if he plays, can go ballistic. The only really down part here is Tyler Johnson this week in this lineup. But I mean, like, there's nothing wrong because you got Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, DK Metcalf. Could argue there's three wide receiver ones right there, to be honest. Like, honestly, Michael Pittman is low wide receiver one for me right now. I mean, he's wide receiver nine, so. I don't know, could go either way, but I'm giving it to Rich because he is the super slam master. He's going to slam me on my neck on Sunday. And that's that. Neller versus Clark. Uh, I think that there's definitely a couple things here to acknowledge. Mark Ingram. I'm going to go off the basis right now that Kamara will play. I don't know exactly. I don't have any fucking intel on that shit. I don't have intel on anything. But I don't even have fucking intel on that. And I don't even have an idea on that. So... If, though, Mark Ingram becomes the workhorse, that's huge for Neller. But I also think on the flip side, he gets it canceled out because Zach Moss will probably be ruled out. But we'll see. Um, gonna have to go... Yeah, see, again, another thing just popped up for Kamara. Damn. Gonna have to say that... Uh, I'm gonna give it to Clark, though. I think it's honestly a week he's gonna bounce back. He's had a fucking terrible couple of weeks here. The gods have to give him something to be happy about. It's only fair. Guy runs league for fuck's sakes. Next, we got Legro versus Truns. Uh, Leg is hurting this week. Bad. Bye weeks got him. A lot of things. I would even think that maybe if Odell Beckham signs somewhere, he will not play for them this week. Um, I think he could, but I don't know. I would, I would, I would think that he wouldn't play. Um. He's only got one QB unless A-Rod doesn't play. That's very... There's a chance, but I don't think it's that great of a chance. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think just Trinkler's team, you know, they're upset after that one-point loss last week. They're going to they're gonna come out strong. I gave it to Trends. Next, we got Ben versus BG. Ben's team is fucking dangerous until Chase Edmonds is back. If Chase Edmonds is back by the time fantasy season is over. Uh, there's obviously a good chance, but I think that there's also a chance that he might not be back for Rich by the time Rich needs him. Um, overall, though, I mean, that's huge for Ben. And in a lineup this week, there's obviously a huge player missing for Brody when he's got Jamar Chase missing. And still no um, Kareem Hunt. I think that it's going to probably have potential to be close but i also think that right now ben's team is just way too strong like, i think just ben can easily take this one away he just has to get even remotely good production from his top players like the top six i would say like connor eckler jacobs Diggs, cooper hopkins like that's really fucking scary um the quarterbacks are you know doing their job every week and getting him like just like solid qb points nothing over the top but they're 15 and 13 ranked respectively and he's got Noah Fant coming back. And the flexes were always a bit of a concern for Ben. But with Curtis Samuel on the cusp of coming back and Jamison Crowder, who has actually looked good in the last couple of weeks, um, that could be the play at flex right now going forward for him and hoping that the top end of the lineup just carries. I think this week, though, Ben's got a fucking chance and a good one. So I'll give it to him. That would be tough for Brody. That'd be, what, winning one in the last, like, five or six? But... They're free falling and something. They just got to get a win and just fucking close that. They got to stop the fucking skid of 
this fucking losing mark, losing skid mark, fuck. And just, you know, try to get a dub back on the board and work back up. Um, tough fucking team to do it against this week. So I think Ben's going to have it. But it'll be an interesting storyline to keep an eye on. Next, we got Sandy versus Moose. Moose, I mean, it's a team that we everyone thought was just going to be absolutely deadly. Um, it was at least nice to see uh, David Montgomery back in action. 24 and a half kind of relieved you a bit. And you see that Khalil Herbert was like kind of, you know, faded out. Unfortunately for Legro, the Khalil Herbert parade is over. Doesn't look like he's going to be... You can't put him in the lineup anymore. Um, Dave Montgomery looked good for his first game back from an MCL sprain. I think and now he has the bye week to get even more, uh, you know, healthy and go forward from there. So that's big for Moose on top of Michael Carter. A.J. Dillon, who's actually proven to be a fantasy asset somehow. Uh, Aaron Jones. You know, there's a lot to be excited about if you're Moose going forward. He has Mixon and Montgomery on bye this week. And I still think he has a good chance to pull out the win. So I'm going to give it to... If that's a huge for Moose, if he can pull out the win with Mixon and Demont on by, but I think he's got it in him. I think he can go in him. Give it to Moose, brother. Put it on the fucking board. And last, we have Knack versus Furley. I'm, pu- I'm going to simply give it to Knack. I will say this. I'm going under the assumption Alvin Kamara plays Sunday. I think there's a chance he doesn't. However, I have no clue. He obviously didn't practice today. That's not good. There's been a little bit of whispers going around. <coughs> Almost looks like the Saints tried to keep it low-key. As if they didn't want it to get maybe blown out of proportion of some sort. Or I don't know. He went into the blue medical tent on Sunday. So you would automatically think we would hear about what injury he had. We wouldn't hear about it until the first week of... Uh, sorry, first day of practice the following week. You know, usually you would hear... Yeah, Kamara is questionable with that knee injury to return to the game or whatnot. Didn't get any of that until recently, about two hours ago, we found out it was a knee. That's scary. However, I don't think we have any clarity on uh, the severity of the fucking knee injury yet. So, he obviously missed practice. It could be caught precautionary. We don't know. So, I'm going to go under the assumption that Alvin is playing. However, if Alvin Kamara doesn't play, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been seen re- returning to practice. Daryl Williams' value is pretty much gone the second Clyde's back maybe not the second maybe there's a week where you can maybe think they're going to ease Clyde back in and you could maybe get away with one more week of Daryl maybe Alvin Kamara if this knee injury is continuing to become a problem and he misses time oh lord man Eh, yeah not good and obviously, which hasn't even been mentioned into this episode yet, there was news that came out last night, a really weird story <coughs> on yours truly, the chef, Dalvin Cook. And, uh, yeah, the only thing the chef apparently was cooking were black eyes with a fucking broomstick as his fucking spatula or whatever you want to fucking call it. What do they be stirring stuff with in a pot? You know, like you got a pot, like a spoon maybe? I don't know, but the chef had a huge pot and he was stirring all that shit up with his broomstick that he beat his ex with, apparently. Um, Weird situation there. A lot of weird questions I have. Anyway, we won't get into that. However, he doesn't have Madison either. If Dalvin Cook, something comes out where 
if he misses time, I don't know. I don't think he will as of right now, but you never know. I mean, if this guy really did beat the fuck out of his ex with a broomstick to the point she couldn't see her family at Thanksgiving, goddamn, chef, what are you doing? I'm going under the belief Nack will have all three of these running backs at the capacity he expects them on Sunday, so I think he's going to win. I think easily, though, that Furley, you know, if anything happens to anyone in Nack's running backs, that immediately puts Furley into this game. So I will say that, but I'm sure Furley is happy to see that I didn't pick him, put it that way. We're moving <clears throat> on to the power rankings. Man, I'm going to say another disclaimer. I got disclaimers on every fucking segment here because I feel like I'm at pressure in these power rankings sometimes. Um... This week was the hardest week of power rankings I've had since after the draft. And honestly, maybe after the draft was even easier. Uh, it's so tight. Like, damn. I, the fact that is like nobody's out yet and the fact that, you know, it's anything can happen. Clark could even find a way to just get on a win streak here and get into the playoffs, sneak in wouldn't even say sneak in because like it literally involves the top tier teams losing and the bottom teams winning for everyone to become like within one or two games of each other again definitely not over with four weeks left in the regular season here for fantasy but as of this week i was honest with clark i told him straight up but i told him also it's not your fault there's some good like if you're last place in power rankings and the instance that Clark's had, you know it's solely because of the fact the gods, it's the gods' fault for what they've done to you the last couple of weeks. It's not that you've made a bunch of terrible trades the last couple of weeks that have just plummeted your team into fucking darkness. You just got real unlucky. And I think there's some silver lining there that it's not completely your fault. And I think you can turn it around, I do. Number 11, Rich. Um, Rich is truly in a tough situation now with the Chase Edmonds situation, uh, situation, situation, how many times am I going to say that? But I think that, as I mentioned earlier, there's hope with Elijah Mitchell. I like Elijah Mitchell a lot. Jamal Williams, he is a serviceable running back in our fantasy league. You can't really argue against that. For a team that's already being needy, if you throw him in there, I've seen worse, like Ty Johnson. But I think what saves him is these five superstars. Not, I wouldn't say superstars. Five extremely good fantasy football players. And Kyler Murray, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, DK Metcalf, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, within those five guys popping off, it can easily have you a game one, right? So as, for as long as those five guys are there, I know there's teams that have more than five guys that can you know, win. But I think that at least gives Rich a fighting chance in every single game for as long as those guys are playing because they can go off. And even Elijah Mitchell should be maybe mentioned into that category because, I mean, just look at the numbers he puts up. 41, 17, 17, 41, 51, 24. Like, that is extremely respectable. That's an average of 32. And I only know that because I said it on the app, obviously. But that's good. I've also seen he has the most 10-plus yard runs out of any rookie, and it's by a lot. And he missed time. So, I mean, 
I think that there are a lot of bright spots for Rich, but I think that overall, maybe a couple trades can maybe make his team look a little different. I know it's just when you keep getting hit with what he's been getting hit with, it seems like the trades can never stop, but that's what you got to do to keep yourself afloat. Consider a trade the equivalent of patching up a hole on a sinking boat. Then another hole happens in the lineup, you got to go make another trade to cover your tracks again. But we'll see. We'll keep an eye on his strat going forward but next we got sand sandy made some good trades i wouldn't say that i would disagree with him going and just locking up the baltimore backfield because for as long as lat murray doesn't play which we don't really know i mean i think there's a really good chance that devonta freeman can actually be a pretty good fantasy football running back if he's a starting guy like look what he's done um Obviously, I think Miles Gaskin volume is extremely intriguing. The work he gets. Jas, go see who's coming. Go see who's coming. Go see. Let's go see. Yeah, I just have to get him a little fired up. He's going to start barking, so be ready. Disclaimer, again. Um, Damian Harris is banged up. But um, when Damian Harris plays, man, he is phenomenal to watch. He is a big run waiting to happen. Uh, see, there it is. Boston Scott still honestly getting work with what's going on in Philly. And DeWanda Freeman. Um, he got rid of Kirk because he knows he has his quarterback buys out of the way. He's going to just ride with those two guys and hope to avoid injury. You lock up a good receiver, a solid receiver like Sterling Shap. Guy I'm a big fan of in T. Higgins. I think that his team's not even remotely done yet. I think that it's just um, a matter of fact. I think if I'm him, he needs Miles Sanders back ASAP. And then maybe eventually try to go get a true running back one. Try somehow. Maybe trade some things. But um, obviously this week, kind of a tough matchup. Moose, despite having some buys, still has a strong team because he's got real good depth. So, I mean, it's not over for the fucking the dog fuckers or the buds but they're clawing the next is Neller at number nine Neller's right on the cusp of those playoffs but now if Zach Moss misses time that's going to be tough but at least Clyde is right around the corner he's coming back Mark Ingram's value could go up very shortly here we're waiting on more clarity on Alvin's injury um and really, after that, man, it's just the receivers that are hurting for Neller. It's <coughs> we don't know when Calvin Ridley's back. That's what really hit Neller hard. And I mean, if I'm him, you got to just try and trade him. I think and get he's out for a minimum of what two more games. You're in fight or flight mode here. Have to trade Calvin Ridley to someone and get whatever you can. Just literally, I would honestly fucking message everyone in the league and say, what would be your best offer for Calvin Ridley? Take your best offer, get the assets you can, and try to make. You know, Calvin's not going to be back by the time you need him. So, I mean, there could be potential that a team who, who's willing to take that risk has some pieces that'd be willing to give up. I think that'd be big for Neller if he can move on from, from Ridley and try to help him out a bit more because his receivers are hurting. But I think at least Clyde's coming around and his running backs will be good. Uh, Mark Ingram, I think, even, you know, as is. He was looking like they were giving him the regular old Mark Ingram New Orleans role. Um... That, to me, is, you know, pretty 
substantial. I mean, he's getting better value in New Orleans than he was in Houston, obviously, and we didn't think he was going to get as many touches behind Alvin this time. And he has, so... I don't know, looking up for Neller. Next, we have Furley. A bit of a drop for Furley. Uh, bit, you know. Obviously, Chris Carson could be back. Jordan Howard's been pretty impressive. And there's been other things, but I think, like, Danny Dimes has been, like, just on a bit of a free fall as of late. Tadarius Tony, we don't even know what's going on there, man. Um, Nick Chubb is now out with COVID for the week. I think that there are a lot of good players on this team, like Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, Deontay Johnson, um, you know, even Jarv now with Odell gone. He's a little banged up. Melvin is still a solid. But the quarterbacks are holding Furley back. And until I see these QBs start popping off, like, like, like Danny Dimes and Mahomes, like, those are important guys. Like, I know Danny Dimes, you didn't draft him to be a winner. But he became one early in the year. <coughs> and the more, you know, you became accustomed to it, the more you would think that you would get good production from your QBs all year long. And then the last couple of weeks, if the QBs start slipping, Furley's in a lot of tight games, losing or winning really close. So, I mean... Mahomes is the big one for me. Mahomes, I think this Sunday against the Raiders, Mahomes can 100% go off. I, I see it. Divisional game, you know, I can, prime time, I can see it. Um, if he doesn't, oh man, I'd be panicking. Because I would now be like, what, three or four weeks in a row? Um, it's, not, it's not good here. Like, he's got 20 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Like, that's... You know, he hasn't hit... 35 points almost in a month. Um, he was going strong with a bunch of 50 bombs earlier. And then uh, that was a lot. But a lot of those you got to remember. I mean, not to knock him because in fantasy, points are points. But it's not the Mahomes we were accustomed to where he's blowing teams out early on. These were Mahomes garbage time points. A lot of them. I mean just trying to claw back when the team's like almost out of reach or like you know like a, a lot of pass it, they always have been a passing team but now especially when they're losing these games in the second half um but the last three teams have sort of figured out Mahomes and that's not good going forward but if Furley can at least get remotely good production out of that I mean and I mean Mac Jones has to watch out because Brian Burns basically put a bounty on that guy's head today for every D-end in the league. So, yeah, we'll have to watch if Mac Jones is getting clobbered out there. Fuck. I think Furley, though, is a win away from jumping back up. I made a rule this week that I would not place somebody over, <coughs> like, someone who has two more wins than them. So, like, Truns, for example, I would not be able to put over, kind of a spoiler, but, like, Leg or Ben, because he is... Two wins under them, not one. If you were one win, I'll let my head slide. Two, I'm kind of like, eh. You're like a bit behind, you know? I know everything can change within one week, but as of now. So that's a little reason for that for Furley. Next, at number seven, we have BG. Things could be a little rough after that loss last week. It would have been a lot better to pull that dub out. Um, but I think that Kareem Hunt is right around the, the corner from coming back. And... I think that you look at the running backs after that happens, it's Gibson, Gaskin, Javante, and Cremont. That's really good. The wide receivers are also still fucking solid too because you have a guy like DJ Moore 
Julio Jones, Jamar Chase. I mean, Julio, I think, to me, is a bit of a scary one. Definitely not the... Um, obviously, you try to hope that now with Henry gone, they'll try to involve more of the passing game, but it's honestly been a bit of a disappointing season for Julio. Pretty disappointing season. So, it'll be something to watch going forward, but above him, we put the Cats of Piss at 6. Big win for us, but we squeaked it out with a low 300. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, the most impressive win in the world. Defense came to play as usual. <laughs> the boys grind on D. Every couple weeks, you know, they're going to try and snag us a dub. But um, I'm going to go into depth. I'm happy with our team. I'm happy with the running backs. I think we're going to try and ride these running backs out for the rest of the year. And, I mean, I don't know, man. We're going to see the wide receivers are hurting a bit, but... I've seen worse at the same time, so I think I'm okay to roll with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number five is Moose. Moose is like, what the fuck is going on here? How am I? Number five is going to rip me. I already know he's going to rip me. But it was a tough loss for Moose last week. Obviously, a lot of things aren't going his way as of right now, but I still think he's on the cusp of greatness. You know, it's right there for Moose. And, um... It's really A-Rod could be back this week, so right there you can take one of those rough QBs out of the lineup. I mean, Mike White's not rough. He's a beaut, but can't have him getting hurt or playing hurt, really. Might make it a little worse. And, I mean, Demont mixing on by, but when he gets those guys back and it's full force, it's becoming a little scary. Moose is a team down the stretch that could put together a huge winning streak now and just go into fucking playoffs with a hot fucking winning streak, a hot cock, hot nose, everything. That's my reasoning for putting him at number five. Number four, I put Trends. And now I still think Trends is probably a top two team in the league. However, I told you, I'm not going to place him over someone that has two more wins than him. And I think Trends' team, like the depth is good. But I mean, obviously this week they're hurting a bit. So that's why a little lower. But... Yeah, like, honestly, he's got so much fire. Like, I can go on for days. I just think his team is safe. And if anything, for him having a losing record right now, I will say I'm pretty confident that I think Trends is a lock for the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I just really do think so. There's not... Team goes off every week, and it's just if he loses, he loses to the team that puts up the most points out of anyone else. Um, I'm real confident in his team. Four is honestly low, but that's just the rule I set out for myself. Number three... At 6-3, and three, we got Leg. And um, Legro's team, man, they've just been pulling, a, pulling out dubs. Devin Singletary, if Zach Moss is out, can get a huge boost in volume and value. Zeke's looked good. Tony Pollard has also been pretty impressive. Didn't really think he'd be a top 30 running back this year. A-Rob, if Fields maybe turns a corner, could A-Rob maybe not like figure it out but will he maybe actually become a solid flex instead of a low-end flex going forward maybe um and overall i mean to think if odell beckham goes to a team that's going to be really good for his value which it looks like perhaps i mean maybe new orleans would be a little rough considering the quarterback play there but i also think like if green bay is the most ideal situation in the world for odell i mean i think if odell goes to green bay he's like a high wide receiver too in fantasy. I, I mean, obviously we haven't seen him have a really good season in a while, but I think A Rod is making fucking shit work with 
Lizard Man and MVS and washed up Randall Cobb. There's no way he won't be able to make it work with Odell. So, yeah. Number two, I'm putting Knack. This is with an inference that he is living in a stress-free land in terms of his running backs. Obviously, he's not. But I think I'm at a point right now in the week where it's not really like 100% like any of them are going to miss time or any of them are going to take it in value. And his team went off last week. He now also just made a good pickup in P.J. Walker, held on to him for a couple weeks. Now Darnold's out for like a month, probably the rest of the fantasy football season, right? So that's huge for him. Um, so you got to give him props. That was a good pickup. I think that he just pretty much has to fucking have the asshole puckered and hope nothing happens to these running backs. His wide receivers are still really good. It's the running backs with these um, controversies right now that are slightly uh, nerve-wracking for him. And it might come to a point where, I mean, he probably doesn't want to, but if you want to rebuild a running back room or something like that, if something happens down the road, you've got to trade someone like Lamar. And, I mean, the Piscats, you know, we're kind of in a clear and bye week, so we, I don't know if we're going to be making many more trades. But I know there's a team out there that could be desperate and, you know, make a big deal. This is if things fall apart for Nack and his running backs. I think that's like a type of player that you have to trade to try and rebuild your room. But he doesn't have to worry about that completely right now. Um, he is worrying about it, of course, because <laughs> I'd be fucking shitting my pants if all that shit came out. Um, maybe working the phones for Ingram from Neller, but I don't know. Overall, it's going to be interesting to see what his game plan is if it falls apart. Hopefully it doesn't for Nack's sake. That'd be really upsetting. But Hey, Ro, what's up, man? What's up? I'm going to eat it, but I woke up at 3. Right. It is good, brother. And number one, I'm putting Benny. Um, six and three, top record in the league. And going forward with Chase Edmonds out, I mean, it's dangerous. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, James Conner. I mean, Jacobs definitely has been a disappointment to an extent, but at least he's still getting you around that 30-point mark. Um, Eckler has been phenomenal. James Conner could be fucking real good now with no Conner in the picture. I mean, sorry, no Edmonds in the picture. And um, then you have Diggs, Amari Cooper. Like, this is a really strong team. The quarterbacks, as long as they're getting him around their projections... I think that Ben's in a good position. I think right now, at least for this week, if I look at the teams and who's like the strongest, it's him. And there ain't no way around it. And we're going to go full steam right into this shitty pile of wellness. And let's get into it, man. Last week, my wells were Stefan Diggs. I said he was going over 40 for the first time this year. He did not. <clears throat> Tough fucking shitter. Deontay Johnson, he was honestly kind of a disappointment. It was probably one of his only games under 30 points all year, so... <clears throat> oh. Oh, what the hell? Apparently Chase Claypool's toe injury almost was season-ending. Now he's week to week, so he's not playing this week. Oh, fuck. Damn it. That's not good. Anyway, 0 for 3 on the Wells last week. Um, 
The shits. Rugs stunk. Odell stunk. Didn't even play. Fucking loser. And Adam Thielen only had one or two catches for one was like five yards. The other was like a five-yard touchdown. So not the best for Thielen either. Um, did better on the shits, but two of them are jokes. So overall, a terrible week last week. But going into this week, my first, well, for the first time ever, he was a famous member of the shit club last year numerous times. Jordan Howard. He looked very good. Somehow. And he's been good since he's took over and gotten a role. And I wouldn't say he's going to go off like 50 points, but I think he's still going to get you around 30 points. That's fucking good for Jordan Howard. That's like six times the amount he got last year. My next well would be Marquez Callaway. I think that, obviously, with the news that we've found out over the last couple of weeks that Michael Thomas is not returning at all this year, I think that kind of opens the door for Callaway to be the wide receiver one there for the rest of the year. <clears throat> um, Going to be over Traquan and Deontay Harris and those guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think Marquez Callaway any week, I mean, if he's just the top, you know, option and he could be pretty much not touchdown dependent but he does get a lot of looks in the red zone too i think overall for um marquez callaway depends on the quarterback play and how well it it holds up but i mean they are playing like one of the worst secondaries in the league in tennessee this week so i think marquez could do a little something you know brother and last one marky ingram the truth man this is with the inference that camara does play so if he doesn't play, then even more. But Mark Ingram, man, even with Kamara there, he's getting that work. And that'll be jerking it because Mark Ingram became better when he went to New Orleans. And he's actually behind the running back. And he's not even, you know, like the presumably top dog there. Like he was in Houston somehow. He was the top dog there. We don't know how. But in New Orleans, we did not expect this. I still thought we'd see majority of what Kamara is uh, was getting used as. Now, if this Kamara injury turns out to be serious, yeah, Mark Ingram is like a fucking high RB too. So, keep an eye on that. A couple Saints players there. Shit, shit, shit. We're going Christian Kirk. Um, honestly, Christian Kirk is the guy who I've kind of been keeping an eye on a bit this year i thought like he was like real going off early on i was like wow um and he's actually been picking it up like and has stayed steady but carolina has a really good secondary um kyler (coughs) geez coming back from injury so i think we'll see a little bit of a slowdown christian kirk this week he's right outside the top 20 for wide receivers he's been really good but this week i think we'll see a slight I don't know, maybe I'll say, uh, if we wanted to put a number on it, 17 and a half, my prediction. Maybe even 14. My prediction right there. Carolina's solid. We could probably see a little bit if Nuke gets out, especially if Stephon Gilmore is on Christian Kirk. That'd be pretty tough. Tough assignment right there. Next, Ayuk. Hey, Brandon Ayuk stole us the win last week against the team that kept him and that he played like shit for. There is no doubt in my mind that he is going to shit the bed this week and that's all we can get out of that so yeah he's not gonna put two weeks together in a row and fucking tell you that for free and my last one george kittle you want to know why because knack over here thinks he's fucking cheeky 
by putting George Kittle at his flex instead of Dan Arnold because he doesn't want to make it look like he's got Sammy Watkins and Dan Arnold as his damn flexes. So he negates George Kittle from starting tight end down to flex. And he says, yeah, Dan Arnold is a better tight end than you and we are just throwing you in at flex because, you know, no, man. Dan Arnold's your damn flex, and George Kittle's your tight end, and you're going to fuck George Kittle's morale by doing that shit, and I guarantee you you'll see how that fucking turns out for you on the gridiron this Sunday there, bud. Or Monday, bud. Because they play on Monday. Good luck this week. Even you, Neller. <laughs>